0: for sharing. And so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host Parzan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in everyone. Welcome again to the Kiwi Foodcast everyone. Today on the show, we have food enthusiast and documenter of her culture, Enna Yi. Enna is a first generation Chiwi. Her parents moved to New Zealand just before she was born, so she's Kiwi, but also very much still Chinese. While she now works in marketing, she also has her own matcha business on the side. Outside of all this, Enna is a food enthusiast who loves to document her food memories growing up she worked at her family's takeaway restaurant and has fond memories folding wontons and flipping burgers on the show today we talk about what it means to have a kiwi life while also having another home life we chat about how you can discover more of your heritage through food and also her experience being on My Kitchen Rules. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi, thank you for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me, this is very exciting. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your childhood. You were born in New Zealand, but you have Chinese roots. So how was the experience like growing up? Oh,
1: well, yeah, come to think about it, it's, it's a little bit of a blur, but, you know, growing up um, in New Zealand, but, you know, with being a first-generation um, Chinese-born of immigrants coming over, um, it's definitely, you know, we put a lot of hats on growing yeah. up, as you would imagine. Um, yeah, I just remember growing up, lots of food around, um, always, always. Um, you know, we came over because my auntie needed help, so um, she brought my mother and her sister over, and um, yeah, they all worked in the in the family restaurant. And I've got like photos of me as a toddler. Um, up upstairs in a restaurant out in South Auckland
0: in Otahuhu okay.
1: And um, yeah, always being around like food at that time. And
0: what was the family restaurant? What,
1: it was what? called Fook Yun and it was a Chinese restaurant. So it had like a restaurant side and a takeaway. And yeah, it's it's just like I guess a really common thing with a lot of immigrant families that they always have like food restaurants, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It is, especially I think with... At least in New Zealand, it seems like almost all the fish and chip shops are owned <laughs> by, by the Chinese community. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm. yeah, definitely starting up. I guess that's the kind of easiest thing, right, for food.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I read on your page that you worked at your parents' takeaway as a child. And I think reading that comment... Just made me realize that I had to have you on the show mm-hmm. because that's ca- something that I did with my mom. Yeah, like like you were saying, it's just so much something that immigrant families tend to do. They go back to what they know best, and you know, just to make those initial ends meet and stuff like that. Yeah. So, how was that experience? Like, when did you do you have any memories of like when you first started working there or? Um, yeah, I
1: was in primary school, so you know, I think it was like maybe seven or eight, between the ages of six to eight. I just remembered going to school, and you know, I, I I'm just trying to think of of my memory. It's just so bad at the moment. But so I remember catching the bus home. But think about thinking about it. You know, my parents are so busy with work that I'd be catching the bus by myself alone. And to think about it nowadays it would just be like, I just wouldn't do that to like my own child or something. Yeah. But yeah, so after that, it was after school, it was straight back into the takeaway and then I helped out either taking orders but I was quite a shy kid and I hated it so I preferred to actually be in the back making burgers okay. <laughs> instead yeah that was my thing or just watching my dad like um cook up Chinese food um or my mum, she took care of all the deep frying and I did like burgers or
0: did a lot of prepping
1: but yeah coming to think about it you know as a child I didn't really do a lot of extracurricular t- activities yeah but you just, just kind of grow
0: up thinking that's that's normal <laughs> yeah, you realise it's
1: yeah. not <laughs> yeah other kids you know did swimming or they I don't know had other like fun things to do versus yeah my childhood was like stuck in a takeaway and maybe occasionally you know stealing a couple of cookies or lollies um, but then you know got to eat food that was that was the best part of it
0: yeah, yeah. So did you know that Indians have a version of Chinese food as well? Yeah, no, no, not at all. Really. It's, called, um, it's called Indian Chinese and oh. it doesn't taste anything like Chinese food. So what? So it was, I mean, it's just, we just add our own spices on top of what we think is Chinese oh, food. Right. So um, when I moved here to New Zealand, I just had quite the culture shock when I actually went to my local food court okay. and had Chinese food and it was really thinking. bland. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is not Chinese food because we have things things. things like chilli chicken and um, I think what's it, Uh, it's called a manchurian and that's something that we've pretty much just, it's really not a Chinese dish but we've just said that, we've just decided all of us that it is going to be Chinese. I didn't realise
1: that, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I mean can you tell me like what, like for example you've Indianized a Chinese dish, right? we
0: have something called haka noodles which was, I mean it's, it's your egg noodles. Yes. But then I guess it is kind of like the noodles that you make, but we yeah. just add a little bit more spice to it and make it more saucy. I think you need to make that for me just to try it yeah. out. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen it
1: before. You know, obviously being here, you go to food court, Indian is Indian food, Chinese yeah. food, Chinese food and Japanese. But sometimes you get fusion, but not really. Yeah. In those, I guess, for those food courts. Yeah, yeah,
0: it, it really is because we have things like a sweet corn chicken soup. And then when I try like a Chinese version of a sweet corn chicken soup, I'm like, that's not <laughs> <laughs> so, like, i am grown up eating. <laughs> like, it's a lie. <laughs> it's available, literally, in India. Sweet corn chicken soup's available at every restaurant despite the cuisine. Yeah. So wow. it will still be there at an Indian restaurant because... Just oh. because so many people want to eat it. Yeah, so I love sweet So they all kind of just soap. compromise and... Everyone, yeah. everyone has it on their menu. So oh,
1: interesting. I've got to keep up, um, keep an eye out on that next time yeah, in a new yeah, restaurant. I'll,
0: I'll get you some to try. <laughs> <laughs> and so, do you feel like the landscape for Chinese food has changed in New Zealand over the years? Like, you know, I feel like it's gotten more detailed or like you know yeah. people are just kind of more confident yeah. in their roots and in yes. their cuisine to be like no this is the way it is and this is how we're gonna make it you Yeah, know? and it's not we're not gonna
1: definitely I think um you know thinking about it over the last maybe 15 or so years or maybe 10 years really when oh yep. 10 sorry too loud. yeah um over the past probably 10 years that it's definitely um diversified the food scene. I think that's just to do with the immigration, right, here in New Zealand. But before, you know, I remember being an intermediate in primary school, it was just straight Chinese food from the takeaways, right? And it's just that one type of Chinese cuisine. But now there's, like, northern Chinese, like Sichuan um, cuisine, we've seen... um, oh I'm just trying to think oh yeah Taiwanese as well Um, and just other subcultures of um, I'm actually not that familiar with any of the other Chinese um, cuisines out there but I know like I eat a lot of Sichuan or northern style Chinese cuisine because I just love spicy like just spice in general is just so good yeah um, and Taiwanese is like good as well. Um, but yeah, Cantonese is more so, yes, what um, I really like because it's, you know, reminds me of home or yeah. um, well, nostalgia or what my dad um, would cook a lot.
0: So, what kind of cuisine? was cooked here like what would you say was more representative of what was cooked as Chinese food like was it Sichuan was it Cantonese in New Zealand was it a certain style or it was just kind of the basic oh like growing up yeah like growing up
1: of Cantonese food yeah. I'd have to say um, yeah southern like all if you go to all the takeaways it's always like sweet and sour pork mm-hmm. um, fried rice egg for young you know hardly any like chilli but now if you go down like Dominion Road right yeah I see a lot more of more um yeah I'd say like outside of southern China more different types of Chinese cuisine everywhere um, yeah like Shaolin Kung Fu noodles I don't know if you've been out there. No
0: I haven't but um, I've just heard so much about just the Dominican yeah. road and I feel like I almost need to do like a food walk. Yeah like,
1: you yeah you yeah yeah. yeah we walk. should <laughs> definitely yeah it should bring May along as well. Um,
0: yeah that would be fun um, <laughs> because I almost feel like you need a kind of ambassador to tell you yeah. what's great to have. Yeah. Um, because I've been to um, Guangzhou. Oh, Guangzhou? Yeah. Um And again, that was such a food culture shock for me when yeah, I went right. because it's just... Um,
1: Completely It's, it's different. very different.
0: Yeah. Uh, a very different kind of food to Indian because it's... Yes. ...very lacking in spice. Yes. Um, I mean, of course, <laughs> it has its own flavour. Yeah. But for an Indian who is you know we start all our dishes with spice it's completely um kind of different
1: yeah with cantonese cooking um especially doing a lot more of it and learning it's not really that flavorsome in terms of spice compared to the northern counterparts meat stock right Yeah, yeah yeah meat stock a lot of starch you know it's all about marinating um and a slower or longer cooking process or sometimes a quick stir fry as well but yeah, I mean, you asked me about five years ago, like, mum was always cooking for me all the time because, yeah. well, she was concerned. Like, her way of, like, showing love is through food, of course.
0: That's such an Asian thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: And so, you know, I'd go to work and then um, food was taken care of. She just didn't you know, she's just so concerned for me f- to make sure that I was at work and working properly that I didn't need to worry about food. I was like, actually, you know, uh, no, I need to start <laughs> learning to cook and and all that. And it's been great. Like, I've definitely nailed all my stir fries. And um, as you can see on the Instagram, yeah. um, I don't rely, I don't copy a recipe, you know, step by step. It's all about, I guess, learning over time and cooking with the, um, like, just by tasting. Yeah you know um, like if it needs a bit of sugar or salt or pepper or a bit of vinegar and this and that so yeah,
0: yeah. but that's a process right it's yes kind of becoming more confident in the way you cook yes. as well because I remember when I started out as well yeah. I was very like that's not what it says in the recipe Yeah. and I'd like tell my mum like you're just telling me add a little of this what yeah. is it you need to like either weigh it exactly yeah. or tell me what teaspoon to use and now yeah. that I've been cooking for a while like, yes. I'm, I cook like you or yeah. a little bit like my mum I'm not Quite there yet? But yes. Kind of you know, just yeah. tasting as you go and adding stuff. Or so when you So
1: your mom also cooks by sensory, right? She yeah. doesn't have a recipe that she follows. She no. just <laughs> throws everything. Yeah, that's yeah exactly like my mom. Yeah,
0: maybe it's a maybe it's an Asian thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just past the generations, and that's what they just do, right? It's, yeah.
0: But on the flip side of it, the negative of that is that nothing's documented. I know. Um, yeah, you know, so i mean that was a huge challenge for me when i moved back um one was the little bit of this and that yeah and it was also about like kind of you lose a piece of your family heritage almost if you feel like you know it's not it's not yeah. written down somewhere especially if it's something that's really good and you really cook it a lot yeah you know, and I, it's something that maybe one person in the family makes for you
1: i completely agree and i guess with like because my dad's not here anymore, he was really the chef of the family and would make the most amazing tasty food but I guess that was the one thing like my parents would fight all the time and their mum would think she was you know such a great cook and she would critique but really she wasn't at the time (laughs) and then he would get annoyed um and he so my dad was quite stubborn even he can't handle critique of his food if it's slightly salty it would say like oh it's a little bit salty and he'd get quite offended by it because he takes a lot of pride (laughs) in his food but yeah I was really gutted um that I just didn't document any of his recipes and i when he was sick, I did try, mm. I guess, in my mind to get that. But I was in denial that he was going to go. Yeah. So I just didn't. And he got too sick. And he just didn't want to eat anymore. But now, I guess, with mum, and yeah. the, the plus side of it is mum's definitely improved on her cooking because she's just had to do it. And I've also been cooking with her, and she really enjoys that. Um, and as you know, growing up um, with maybe... Uh, <laughs> growing up with an immigrant parent, there's a lot of frustrations, right, Mm -hmm. with they don't understand your life at school and the pressures of being in a Kiwi, like, society. And also, yeah, and also not pandering to them, but I would say, like, you know, trying to be a good child, but also... (laughs)
0: No. <laughs> because you couldn't relate to it. Like, they yeah. obviously want to, they're coming from that viewpoint where they don't want you to forget home. Yes. And they don't want you to lose that piece of heritage. Yes. But I think when you're small, you don't kind of understand that. Like, you're just like, I don't care about X, Y, Z thing because no one else in my <laughs> circle is doing it. I can't relate to it. Yeah. So.
1: so there was definitely a period of time in my life where I was just like... Uh, yeah i just didn't really care about my culture and it was really sad to think that you know Mm. and back then it didn't seem as diverse now it's great you know there's heaps of like culture here in new zealand it's way more diverse and it's all really awesome to see people you know being proud of the heritage and actually be like you know what like I, I am of Chinese descent, or whatever, um, and I should be more proud of it instead of trying to hide and not, not speak like Chinese and just try and be whitewashed, you know.
0: No, that has certainly changed, I yeah. with you, because I remember kind of growing up here and I was like, all I wanted was to kind of just fit in. And maybe yeah. that's also, I moved here when I was like 15. So that's yeah. kinda like the most, I think it's in retrospect, the worst age to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Starting high school. Yeah, it's just, it was just such a culture shock. And yeah. um, it's very hard to kind of embrace that. But I, again, I wish I had spent more time with my grandmom and like yeah. you know kind of documenting yeah a little bit of it or just taking it more seriously when yeah. she was trying to <laughs> yeah you know show me about it yeah yeah so I mean it's great to see all this diversity do you think there's something else that needs to change in terms of like the I don't know the Chinese food landscape in New Zealand um well I mean I,
1: I definitely see there's just heaps of um Lots of like Asian-owned businesses, mm. food businesses, pop up, and that's really awesome to see that sort of diversity, and you know to see like I guess Pakeha um, or non-Asian um, people going in and, and trying and diversifying. Like for example, Eden Noodles, right? Yeah. Just down the road.
0: Oh, you you need heard that's yes. really that's really kind of popular. It keeps popping up. on you, my, you, <laughs> all The you, Facebook
1: groups you I'm a part of. Need to go. Um, but yeah, the first time I tried it was probably about five, yeah, about five years ago um, when my fiancé was living in Mount Eden and would just pop over there and it was just full of, you know, Chinese people before. There was always the line, but mostly it was full of Asians um, with the occasional, like, Pākehā um, person, but now like I, um, May just lives around the corner from there, and we go there sometimes when I go over to see her, and it's just mostly um or, oh, you know white kiwis wow. there. It was just quite interesting to see that that sort of change and um, what you, do you know, think
0: has done that? Like, is it social media? Is yeah, that, I think uh,
1: so. Yes, definitely. Probably Instagram has a huge impact. You know, people doing their food reviews and saying like, oh wow, um, I need to try this. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely social media has helped so yeah. much with...
0: And I think also there's that whole generation of us first-generation immigrants. We've kind of grown up and come into our own. Yeah. And we feel like almost, like, I feel this need to kind of go celebrate my cuisine. Yeah. So even though I know I could cook a great Indian curry, Yeah. I'll still, on the odd occasion, go out and order it because I just feel like, you know, I need to celebrate and support yes. them and, like, yes. be have be a part of that community yeah I'm
1: with you like there's there's times where we do actually eat like cook at home like quite a lot but then of course you can get sick of it and growing up we never really went out um, to eat because yeah. my dad cooks
0: that is that is true like I don't have I mean I was telling my sons because they've gone to their first restaurant when they were what I think like seven weeks oh and um, and I don't like I have very few memories of going to a restaurant. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah it's definitely changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I
0: guess back then when we
1: were, you know, growing up, there wasn't as many yeah. restaurants, it was right? Such a luxury. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess with with my parents, of course, you know, they they'd just be focusing on on making money. Really, that they just don't see that as a luxury to go out and spend yeah. money on food. Yeah. yeah.
0: So moving on one of the things i was super interested to learn is that you've been on my kitchen rules (laughs) so my kitchen rules for me was my introduction to um reality kitchen tv i think like the australian version and then the new zealand version just came out i think a couple years or maybe one year before i moved back to india so i missed uh seeing you on tv (laughs) but um i mean tell me about tell me all about it like what made you want to apply, and oh, how was the experience? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, of course, I've mentioned May a couple of times already, because I wouldn't have been on My Kitchen Rules if it wasn't for her. Um, she's the big My Kitchen Rules fan. I've watched it occasionally from time to time and MasterChef, but hadn't really, like, gotten stuck into it. And what was it? She, yeah, it was two years ago. Oh, so Seems like a your, long time. May's your cousin. Yes, okay. yeah. So I do a lot with her, and and it's quite good to just have family. Like just yeah, yeah we're a sm- we're a small family, and she's my cousin. My brother lives in Japan, so I have digressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just see her as a sister, you know, like some other family member to turn to. But yeah, she um, she was just a big My Kitchen Rules fan. Was just like, oh, I really want to apply for it in the first season. and I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, you know. And then season two came around. It's like, okay let's just do it like you know why not like just do something different out of comfort zone let's just apply for it and we applied for it not intending you know to to become a winner or anything just for the experience really Mm and yeah when we got the call about you know casting awesome. and
0: audition we're like oh my god really <laughs> so how was the experience like is it really as glamorous as it is no appears? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> straight no <laughs> definitely
1: not i i thought oh yeah they do your makeup and get you you know they dress you no it was far from that okay. you you do you do come like you you do your own makeup you you oh, know you okay. You wear your own clothes. So it's just basically like you on the show, as real as they can be. Mm. But they were very long hours. Yeah. Very long hours. Um, and you would design your menu. So you'd give them like 12 recipes, three course menus. Um, but the catch was, I don't, uh, <laughs> is they don't tell you what dishes you're preparing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then okay. they just kind of tell you the day before. And then you're like, whoa, okay. It's quite hard to memorise lots of all these recipes. Of um, you know sometimes you have to refer to it, but yeah. So that was the I guess the challenging part. And Interesting.
0: Then, and I think uh, I read in one of your interviews, maybe going into the show, that well you guys had said that you basically wanted to highlight the flavours and the style of cooking that you would cook at home, and you thought that was an advantage because other competitors wouldn't be doing that yeah so what was the kind of food that you guys cooked was it primarily asian food that you cooked yeah the show?
1: yeah, yeah and was, did that
0: turn out to be an advantage
1: yeah well definitely for our instant restaurant that you know we we had a really good score okay um and it was definitely different to everyone else of course mm. um yeah we we wanted to make everything from scratch and so it did take quite a long time yeah making balls, making dumplings and like everything um, so, yeah, I definitely think that was to our advantage, and everyone likes Asian food, right?
0: Mm. Okay. So, what did being on the show do for you in terms of like your love for food or your passion for it? Did it kind of reignite it? Yeah. Like, when did that, when did you kind of be like, no, I want to document my, you know, food heritage? When did that kind of come, yeah, come about?
1: Basically, after my kitchen rolls. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have had an interest in food before and really wanting to get, like document um, my dad's recipes but I guess I just had too much fun that I didn't yeah. put too much emphasis on cooking food. But now life slowed down and, you know, there's more time in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, after after my kitchen rolls you know, like and also mum Mum doesn't like to say if she's proud of me or anything. Of course I'm sure <laughs> most Asian mums don't. They kinda Yeah they don't say anything. But I could tell that she was. She was excited to see that we were on T V and um, so she she got really enthusiastic about cooking as well. So, so she features um, in my stories quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after yeah after my kitchen rules, I think it just has has definitely ignited more more just to learn about like why why they why why is Chinese cooking you know that Well, why do you use starch um, in this marinade why why do this like baking soda and meats like it was just quite interesting to learn yeah and yeah. I think
0: what I really enjoy going through your Instagram profile is that you kind of share those really hard to attainable dishes in the sense like <laughs> dumplings like I would never think of making dumplings like you know but kind of when I read your recipe I was like oh is that what goes in it Oh, and I yeah. can buy, like, a wrapper in the yeah. Asian shop. So, all right, I could actually make it, you know. But yeah. it's about – I think you just kind of make it easy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess how I just do it is I just like to show people step by step. But, you know, just not to be afraid or, you know, um, I just want people to not – oh, what was it? I just don't want people to – I'll say that again, yeah, actually – You know, I just would love to show people, you know, how things are cooked instead of it then going to a yum cha or restaurant and then that's presented to them and they actually have no idea how it's made. And so that's why I kind of went down that journey too, because I was quite fascinated about how these things were made. Yeah. And if I'm craving it, then I can actually just go out and make it and feel a bit proud.
0: that's the thing that happened to me in lockdown, because I was craving so much food. I've just learned so my, so many different things. And now I'm like, oh, I actually make a really nice nachos at home. I no longer want to go <laughs> eat yeah. out.
1: Yeah, yeah, lockdown was great. I was trying to perfect a KFC um, recipe.
0: Yes, I read about that. <laughs> um,
1: but I haven't been able to do it again, but because I did used to work for KFC, I'm like, you know, I can, I can do this. Like, yeah. I've had a little bit of experience watching the cooks do it, mm. and then just turned out great I'm like oh my god yes that's great that's that's the beauty of like cooking right you just get to follow the process and actually understand how things are done that's yeah. why I like it
0: yeah and so speaking of yum cha because you mentioned it what's your favorite one to go to in Auckland City oh Do you feel they're pretty up there in terms of like authenticity or
1: um to be honest I you know like comparing it back to my memories of having yum cha in hong kong and china i mean it's good here but it's not as good as mm. what i've had yet and in, in hong kong and china and even australia i remember having a really good one in australia but um you know, grand harbour is pretty good the also the local one out in botany called star i think it's star seafood restaurant okay. that's um a pretty good one as well we normally right. go to I that i go
0: there yeah. Only because it's in Botany, because everything else bloody seems to be oh, like Dominican yeah. Road or like yeah.
1: <laughs> Mount Eden. <laughs> yeah, we used to go to one in Papatoitoy, um, mm. a lot when we were in, out in South Auckland. Crown Restaurant, I think okay. it's called. All right. Might have to Google that, but um, yeah, my memory's so fuzzy. But yeah, that we used to go to that quite a bit and it was quite good and cheap as well.
0: Yeah,
1: But um, yeah, definitely, definitely go to that Botany one. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Sounds good. So now sharing food stories is not the only thing you do. You have a matcha business on the side as well. So tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? oh yes
1: <laughs> I think everyone's got a side hustle these days now right
0: yeah. <laughs> um but you've got like your work a side hustle which is your documenting of food and then like a side, side hustle <laughs> yeah well yeah instead of me
1: spending my time traveling or you know going to do walks every week or eating out all the time I guess this is how I spend my spare time really outside of a full-time job um so yeah March actually started again it's with May she came to my cousin her sister and me um about starting a matcha cafe. And this was in 2015. And I was like, oh. And at that time, I was actually learning how to make leather bags, like hand stitching. Okay. Thinking like, oh yeah, I want to do, you know, I, I love handbags, so maybe I should learn how to like, actually sew my own leather bags. So I went on a little bit of a journey in that and yeah. just failed because <laughs> my hands are too too petite for <laughs> hand stitching. So then, you know, we all really liked green tea and at the time, New Zealand didn't have a, a matcha powder really good matcha powder um, mm. in, in the market. So yeah, we did a lot of taste testings, um, got a lot of samples um, from different farms in in Japan. And yeah, I just said, oh, we don't have that capital. I don't want to invest that much money in a cafe. It's really uncertain. At the time, yeah. you know, the food scene wasn't that diverse, right, back yeah. at, back then.
0: So then, and it's something which is quite specific, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very niche, and people don't still didn't know about much about match powder, and but I thought, okay, let's just style it down. Let's just import the powder and just sell it, and just see, you know, how we go about it, and yeah, it's. It was a slow start <laughs> and people were still confused as to what green tea powder was. You know, it's green. I'm a bit
0: confused as well because it's a, it feels, when you go there, like a skincare business. But then there's also recipes. <laughs> so oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, we wanted the vibe to still be like quite modern and um, yeah. young. Mm. We didn't want it to be like a traditional... More like, I guess, Asian feel to yeah. it that would seem very foreign, you know, yeah. to, to Kiwis. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to make it fun and that's how we branded it. But uh, it's, yeah, we've got a few cafes on board as well, so. like Candy Shop and Newmarket. Go there, have their matcha, they're really great, or Create Cafe in Howick. Okay. Um they're really good. So, yeah, we're really excited to see, I guess, the, the people now understanding a bit more about, you know, this like matcha tea powder. And And I guess doing
0: those recipes and things like that. I mean, it's just about educating people, right? Yeah. This is also something that you can do with it.
1: Yeah. And green tea is so popular in Asia, you know. And it's like, why not? It should also be popular here. It's loaded in antioxidants. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, the stuff you get in, like, most office staff rooms is just so vile, it doesn't yeah. taste anything like a yeah. green tea.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a difference to, to different matcha tea. And that was, I guess, the beauty of learning about matcha. It wasn't just one powder. It's kind of like wine, how there are different like yeah. taste profiles um, from different regions, and that's exactly the same with matcha green tea. And it's actually very refined um, from every different region. They've got a different taste okay. profile to it, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's really amazing. I didn't. I didn't actually know that about about much of ours. Well, we're going so, to have to do a matcha
1: taste test yeah. <laughs> at some point.
0: So you have a business. You write about food on the side. You work in food. Is it fair to say food is your happy space?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, there's not a day, of course, when I don't think about food. <laughs>
0: I'm sure everyone <laughs> does.
1: Yeah. Um, I. I mean I love I guess it's just such a easy industry to be in and you know you connect with people and food it is the universal language right um, and it's and it's and it's been a really great way to connect with my mom as well yeah. of course with the relationship we've had a bit of a rocky relationship from time to time but I think um, yeah, definitely with food and her cooking with me. Yeah. Like, I think I know that she wants to do stuff with me, but sometimes she doesn't express it the yeah. right way, and I don't want to spend time with her. Yeah.
0: but and this, this is something that you guys are just both kind of doing with your hands. You're being in the same space. Not yeah, necessarily, you know.
1: Yeah, because with my, with all Asian mums, you know, we like with a sort of child and mother relationship, they, you know, you, you're not open. You don't talk about. Yeah. Like stuff to them. All they just talk to you about is like food. Um yeah. <laughs> what, what they do you got have for lunch, yeah, yeah, shopping, <laughs> oh, I got this on special,, yeah. or they talk about my dog um, or our dog that we yeah. have, but yeah it's very superficial, yeah, so there's not really any other way to connect mm. um with with my mum or yeah with a parent and in, in that case, the so food is is generally the way, and like folding dumplings or just making food, yeah, so I have a lot of memories of that like, with my dad and my mum um would be around a table and just making months and months of like frozen not like of like and and dumplings to put in the freezer so we'd have food for like months
0: (laughs) yeah well it was I think after I read through your Instagram I feel kind of like semi-confident about making my own dumplings I'm well, gonna, I'm to gonna you. Give, it a, give, give it a try see, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure was, you will I've done your criminal thing of buying the frozen ones at, uh, <laughs> at the yeah. supermarket yeah I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess
1: they're, they're really easy yeah that's the question that I get asked is like what's your favorite place for dumplings and to be honest I don't have a favorite place for dumplings because yeah we eat dumplings at home all the time and at home you know what goes into it and I pack it out with a really big like filling Mm -hmm. as well and so you get bang for buck
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I think the big filling thing that's interesting because one of the things I had to unlearn when I was cooking say like Italian or something and maybe this is, again, like an Asian thing. It's yeah. just put everything in it. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm that kind of cook. And I'll be like, I'll put a little bit of this. And I'll also put this. And I'll also put that. And while, like, Italian's all about, like, toned down, simple flavors. So I remember when I first made, like, my first ever pizza at home it was like so heavy with (laughs) toppings and then i looked at one of those italian cook shows and they're like oh it's just salami and cheese and i'm like what like you don't put anything else on it
1: yeah yeah you're right about this being simplistic with flavors like i have definitely learned that from my fiance he's actually a pretty good cook too um he does it on flavors as well and so i've learned a bit of more i guess kiwi western cooking through him but yeah he's definitely likes to pair the flavors and i'm like you i like to just put you know just why don't we just chuck in a mushroom there or here and he's like well it doesn't need mushroom like
0: but i just want to use it up (laughs) i just want to use it up (laughs) yeah so just to wrap up do you think food has the power to bring people together
1: yes a hundred percent and you know i think food is the easiest way to bring people together and for you know maybe people that uh, are getting to know uh, another person's culture i think food yeah. is like the best way um to get and and even for i guess um new generations being born um and like for new zealand and not knowing how to speak like you you know your parents like language this is also a great way is like learning food and connecting with your heritage and so yeah it's definitely a learning a learning step for me um yeah trying to get to to know my heritage a lot better write a cookbook that is definitely, I think I'd love to. That is a goal. And I've had people ask about it. But it's it's a lot of work. And, you know, I know it's a
0: lot of work. I agree. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've gotten as far as making the f- book proposal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I went through and found all the self publishing thing. And yeah. I got to a point where I was like, now I have to actually do the writing. And I was like, nah, it's a lot yeah. of work <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. for next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you've got to get photography done and test the recipe through. Times and make sure that it's not the same as anyone else's, and
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially if you want it to be something that mm. people kind of refer back to and like stuff works from it,
1: yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, coming to the favorite section of my show, we're gonna do what we call Fast Food Five. Which is basically five fast questions about food. Nothing to do with fast food. <laughs> okay, oh, that's what I had in my head. I already had all these fast food brands pop up in my head. <laughs> okay, so you ready? I'm going to ask you five quick questions. Okay. Okay, if you were a dumpling, what filling would you be?
1: Oh, uh, definitely pork and chives because it's everyone's favourite.
0: Yeah, I love pork and chives. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that you must always have in your kitchen one thing if I have to have one thing oh my god it doesn't have to be food it can be like equipment or anything
1: really one thing that I have to have oh this is not quick this (laughs) is you've put me on a really tough spot how can I choose one thing in the kitchen uh chopsticks okay um because it's so versatile with uh like as as a utensil just to pick things up even with you can use it to like cook and stir fry or whatever um Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think that's that's definitely one thing that we do keep in the kitchen. Awesome. Yeah. So you you cook with it as well? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, instead of using a spatula if you want to be delicate with yep. things and yeah, just t- turning things around. I don't use a tongue, I use a chopstick. Oh okay. um, with you know, making yeah. Cooking dumplings especially that's
0: certainly that's that's an interesting one <laughs> i learned something today because i'm a i'm a spatula girl all oh, right yeah, <laughs> yeah a spatula yeah. and teaspoon person oh yeah
1: well maybe you know if you try out chopsticks yes it's, it's a game changer
0: <laughs> all right if you were a vegetable which one would you be oh my God. <laughs> oh uh-huh.
1: i love all sorts of vegetables um shiitake mushroom Shitake
0: mushroom. Um, because
1: it's something a little bit exotic and different but you know it looks it looks bland but it's full of full of um and
0: you only need a taste. little bit right yeah yeah yeah
1: i'm trying to think of like some something smart to say
0: <laughs> <laughs> about it okay this one, i think this one's going to be a hard one for you um noodles or dumplings which one would you rather um. give up
1: noodle oh which one would I rather give up actually dumplings because I love noodles I okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, would well, never I would never get sick of noodles because you can I guess change out the topping with it mm. um, and there's something satisfying about slurping noodles out of a noodle soup
0: yeah, yeah. okay and favourite place in the world to have street food
1: Tokyo, or oh, not Tokyo, but Japan um, in Osaka. That was really good. I, I love Japanese food. My brother um, lives in Japan and we're actually, we had, had a trip planned in April. Um, oh. But yeah, unfortunately in today's <laughs> climate, couldn't make it. And yeah, I'd have to say Japanese street food is really good there. Oh, yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah, I need to make my I need to make my way there. I'm sure there's heaps of stuff. I mean, I've tried a little bit of Japanese food, but not yeah. too much beyond sushi. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. And, <laughs> I know, and I know I'm pretty sure they'll be like, oh, that's not even.
1: <laughs> they don't even consider it. Yeah, no, you go there. Any like every place you go and eat in japan is just tastes amazing because they take so much pride um in their presentation and their food but yeah i think osaka is definitely a place for food and especially they've got a street um can't remember the name now but they serve a lot of street food and you just kind of walk around and yeah
0: okay well thank you so much for coming on the show it's been lovely having you and hearing all about I think just your heritage and the way you document it. um, It's just something I can relate to really closely. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank
1: you for having me. It was fun.
0: Yeah, and we must go on that food walk.
1: (laughs) Yes, I think so. Yeah, that sounds like a
0: good plan. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.